Light this flame for the art of sacred unknowing, humbled by all that we cannot fathom in this time. We come into the presence of that we do know, perhaps the only thing we can ever know, that love is now and forever the only answer to everything and everyone in every moment. May the love of our hearts bring light to our world. So good morning, good morning everybody. Uh, if we've not met before, I'm Sarah Tinker and I welcome you to Sunday morning here at Essex Church where this congregation of Kensington Unitarians has its spiritual heart. Welcome to those of you here in person this gray and slightly soggy now December morning, and to those of you joining us online, and special greetings to those of you joining us at some time in the future through a podcast or through watching a video. You're especially welcome, and I celebrate the fact that we can communicate and connect in this kind of way. Welcome. And though our service theme today is festivals of light, it's as much about the, the connections that I think many of us yearn for in life. Connections with all aspects of ourselves, connections with one another, connections with that which matters most to us. Our sense of the sacred, perhaps, the most precious things, that which calls us to be our best self and at the same time accepts us just as we are with all our foibles and all our failings all are welcome here so let's take a moment to take a conscious breath to breathe in and absorb that message of acceptance and breathe out Releasing anything that troubles us 
or limits us this day. The second Advent candle is traditionally uh, linked with the quality of peace. It's hard even to say the word really, isn't it, as war rages in so many parts of our world. A single candle can seem both um, vulnerable, and, vulnerable and completely inadequate, yet still its light shines. So may it touch the hearts of those who wage war and may it bring a new light of understanding to the minds of those who rage. And may it inspire peace within each of us this day. And as we look at the... Oh, there's somebody trying to come in. Come on in. Welcome, welcome. As we look at the words of our first hymn today, uh, which is on these hymn sheets, or it's going to be on screens we'll find an old favorite Advent hymn, Hills of the North Rejoice. Those of you who know your hymns from times gone by may well notice that us Unitarians have been changing the words again to better fit our values and our beliefs. This hymn was written in the Victorian era by an Anglican priest. Think yourself back to those times, you historians. This hymn was once a triumphalist message of a faith and an empire that were really expected to change the world for the better. Well, we now live in different times, don't we, where it seems foolish and even dangerous to proclaim that any one monolithic system will save humanity. We're far too complex and diverse for that. But maybe we can sing this hymn with joy still, knowing that we are at least one world and one people with love as our only true weapon and our only true path forward. So see what you think as we sing it together. And do feel free to stand, sit, sing, or simply listen. Hills of the North rejoice.
sorry, I didn't. La la, I didn't turn over the page. This reading is called Wired for Connection by Erin Powers. And now I've got myself in a muddle. Okay. And the next line is, I wonder if many of you have put up your decorations yet this year. And then it goes on. It's also about our human connection and it starts with a quote from someone called David Maronice. I believe that life is chaotic, a jumble of accidents, ambitions, misconceptions, bold intentions, lazy happenstance and unintended consequences. Yet, I also believe that there are connections that illuminate our world, revealing its endless mystery and wonder. And then Erin Powers writes, it's a familiar scene at Christmas. No matter how, how meticulously the strings of lights were put away, they always seem to come out tangled. What happens to them all through the year as they wait in their boxes? And so the tradition of untangling the lights begins. We unwind them carefully, uncrossing and unlooping wires, stretching them out to their full length, all the while being mindful not to damage the bulbs which hold so much potential. I find that people aren't that different. We often feel like a jumbled mess of a string of lights, tangled up within ourselves, not knowing how to get undone or how to get back to our sparky selves, especially when the holidays approach. Throughout the year, each struggle adds another tangle to the lights until by year's end, we're wound up so tightly that we don't even know where to begin. Sometimes we need a little help to sort ourselves out. It's been said that it's easier to untangle lights if you plug them in. The brightness of the little bulbs helps to guide our fingers through the tangles. It's no different for people. Connecting with friends, family, therapists, or trusted advisors can shine a little light to help us untangle ourselves 
and to help us stretch out to our full potential. Humans, just like strings of lights, are wired for connection. It's when we're wound most tightly that we need connection most of all. We're at our best when we are plugged into each other. We find our true purpose and spark with others, not alone. And it's in these connections that we shine most brightly. That leads us into a time of prayer and reflection. And, and in this time, I think we're expressing particularly solidarity with those who are in need of connection. And as I was writing this service, I heard of the death of Midlands poet Benjamin Zephaniah. He just did so much to make poetry accessible for ordinary people, and especially teenagers who might otherwise have treated poetry with disdain. Zephaniah's work really is a gift to English teachers and um, their students. And I'm going to start this time of prayer with an extract from a poem of his called People Need People, his expression of our need for one another. So do look up his work if you've not come across him. So let's ready ourselves for reflection as we hear Zephaniah's words. People need people to walk to, to talk to, to cry and rely on. People will always need people to love and to miss, to hug and to kiss. It's useful to have other people. People live in families, gangs, posses and packs. It seems we need company before we relax. So stop making enemies and let's face the facts. People will always need people. Yes, people will always need people. So I now call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now and to fill this place with light and warmth and to shine also within each of us. We humans who have so much potential within us, yet too often let our fears and anxieties hold us back and keep us small and separate. Or may we be braver, bigger, brighter beings this winter. The people who recognize our gifts and use them for the good of all. Let's be people who encourage others to shine too. We live in a world that needs us. A world that needs us to be the best we can possibly be. A world that is crying out for us to shine a spiritual light in a material dimension. And how can we shine that light? Through our smallest actions. Through the quality of our thoughts. Through love for others and for ourselves that we express in so many ways. Let us shine a light in troubled places, both in ourselves and in our wider world. 
that conflicts may be resolved and peace may prevail. Knowing our human yearning for connection, let us be the ones who make connections with others. And no one need feel alone. And as we each find a way to play our part in this process of bringing light to the troubled places, may we play our part, however small it may be, using that potential we have for the greater good of all, bringers of a light to our world, comforters in times of darkness. And may this be so. Amen. There are some lovely, lovely songs and hymns around about light. It's such a classic theme. And one you'll find on your hymn sheet today, or the words will be up on your screen. It's called This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine, a classic spiritual song. And it does have actions that we can join in with, as if things weren't bad enough for our highly professional uh, music team who are having to put up with my ineptitudes this morning. I gave them the wrong music. I, la, 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 la. Where do I begin to tell you? But it just, yeah, go for the spirit of this. So you can join in the actions if you want. This little light of mine, hide it under a bushel. No, that's a favorite. Don't you try to whoo it out and all around this world of ours. Let's um, sing and as we or just listen, feel free. Let's imagine that light within us can indeed make a difference in our world.
Ah, lovely. It's a beautiful song to sing with children, and then there's a certain age where you don't get teenagers to do the actions anymore because they can make so many rude gestures with their fingers. <laughs> so you could do that in the comfort of your own homes. But now we've got a, we're moving into the um, quieter time of this service, and this is a really fitting poem for the dark time of year here in the Northern Hemisphere. It's by the artist, writer, ordained minister in the United Methodist Church, Jan Richardson. Um, she writes so beautifully, and she generously makes her work available online. So this piece is called How the Light Comes, and it will lead us into a shared, quiet time, uh, which ends with a chime from our bell, and then we're going to have some lovely music from our missions, musicians today, Brian Parsons and Abby Lerimier. It's called Morning Mood by Edvard Grieg. Grieg and his wife, you may know, singer Nina Grieg, were Unitarians in Norway. Interesting people. So let's settle ourselves for a time of turning inwards as we hear How the Light Comes by Jan Richardson. I cannot tell you how the light comes what I know is that it is more ancient than imagining. That it travels across an astounding expanse to reach us. That it loves, searching out what is hidden, what is lost, what is forgotten, or in peril or in pain. That it has a fondness for the body, for finding its way toward flesh, for tracing the edges of form, for shining forth through the eye, the hand, the heart. I cannot tell you how the light comes, but that it does, that it will, that it works its way into the deepest dark that enfolds you. Though it may seem long ages in coming, or arrive in a shape you did not foresee. And so, may we this day turn ourselves towards it. May we lift our faces to let it find us. May we bend our bodies to follow the arc it makes. May we open and open more, and open still to the blessed light that comes.
Practices as Old as Fire by Judith Meyer. When days grow short and people need the uplift of celebration and tradition, we turn to practices that are as old as fire and as deeply embedded in our souls as any memory can be. We remember that in dark times, whether they are dark times for the soul or for the world, we can rise up and be fully ourselves. What better way to commemorate that truth and carry it forward from one year to the next than by lighting a candle as the sun goes down and telling those stories of old? Each of the many stories of people standing up for themselves, of struggling to hold on to the traditions and meanings that make them who they are, each of these stories deserves to be remembered and told and treasured as evidence that without freedom, people cannot be truly human. The stories also tell us that there is no end to the ways in which we see light in the darkness, whether it is the turning of the earth back towards the sun or the courage of a people in the midst of oppression. The themes may meet and merge, but that only adds to the depth of the meanings they hold for us. They grow more universal with each passing year, and, it is, and that is something we have every reason to celebrate. The more complex and colorful the ritual life of humankind, the more connected we may all be to the experiences that we hold in common. And in that connection to universal meanings and common understandings, However different our traditions may be, peace may be found. You, Hannah. That reading, it, it just, oh, I think it expresses so well the importance of this image for humanity, this image of light shining in the darkness. Aren't we so in need of that imagery at the moment in the life of the world? I think some of us feel just so completely overwhelmed at times by the personal and international challenges. You don't need me to spell those out. But as the reading we heard just now does spell out, we have always, as a species, needed our festivals and rituals because these festivals help us to connect and we need to be connected to help us through life's joyful as well as its times of challenge. I started writing uh, Christmas cards this week <clears throat> but got hardly any way through it because I've lost my address book. But I came across the slogan used by Amnesty International for many years. It's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Just one candle. Because in the face of the world's insurmountable issues, it's understandable, isn't it? If we sometimes feel despair, I'd be concerned if we didn't, really. It, it, and in the face of the challenges that we ourselves face in our own lives in the, and in the lives of those we care about, it's understandable if hope diminishes at times. It can get hidden under that bushel. 
life can be tough and living it can be tougher. And then in the turning of our planet Earth, here in the Northern Lands, we're given these changing seasons of the year that are mirrored by the seasons of the human spirit. It really helps me, I don't know about you, but it helps me to remember the ancient pagan origins of many of those festive traditions. That spiky holly thought to ward off evil spirits, the evergreen mistletoe revered partly because it grew without any root system the candles and the fruits that remind us of brighter, sweeter times, and that Yule log that doesn't look like the one in the supermarket, by the way, but really was big enough to stay alight throughout the winter time to remind a group of people that lighter days would return. The lighting of just one candle, literally and metaphorically, can remind us both of those brighter times and of our own inner power, that inner light can still shine, we know it, in adverse circumstances. And sometimes we need that inner light to be relit by the light of another who notices when we're struggling. So light is a crucial symbol for us, occurring throughout history and throughout all religious traditions. And it carries such primeval messages for us that they actually don't need to be spelled out because we know them. We can look at the symbols of other cultures, other traditions, and then we fill in the gaps. We add our own meanings, our own messages. The symbolism is universal. We hear the stories and something resonates with us. So we're in the festival of Hanukkah at the moment, based on the historical event of the tyrannical Syrians invading Jerusalem in 165 BCE, of being repelled at last by the brave group of Jews known as the Maccabees, and the story of their special oil in the temple, which was only enough to last one day and yet miraculously burnt for eight days till more oil could be prepared. Oh, don't we all want to repel tyrants and have some miracles happen in life? And those marvelous myths in the Hindu festival of Diwali that took place in November. Rama and Sita, the king and queen, at last vanquishing the power of evil and returning to rule their kingdom, greeted by the delighted crowds who had lit their path, their long path, with rows of lamps to guide their way. Oof, don't know about you, but I would sometimes really like to have a path laid out before me clearly with those guiding lights to show me where to put my next footstep. And the Hindu goddess of Lakshmi, bringing good fortune and prosperity for whom houses are cleaned and decorated before the start of Diwali and lights are placed on windowsills and around the door so that she will want to enter the house and bring her blessing to its inhabitants. Debts are settled and generosity is shown to all. Don't we all want to invite the spirit of generosity into our lives and into the life of this world? And then the Christmas story with its powerful imagery of the innocence and infinite potential of new life, born in seemingly inauspicious circumstances in a stable, new life that proclaims it can be itself the light to the world. 
I reckon we can all be lights to the world in the simplest of ways, in the speaking and listening to one another that goes on all the time, in our smiles, in our hands held out, in our expressions of care, in the way we dress or in the beauty we bring into our homes, in the writing of those personal messages on those Christmas cards, or simply picking up the phone if we've lost our address books. There are many ways to reach out and shine a light for others. And there's no shortage of stories and images for us humans to explore in these festivals of light. And I think one of the gifts for us in living in our multi-faith and multicultural world is that we can choose the stories and the symbols that work for us. So if the vibrancy and the meaning of our celebrations has diminished for us, well then let's recreate them. Let's give them new life and meaning. We really don't have to repeat tired old rituals if we choose not to. We can seek new sources of light in the darkness. And here, here with Kensington Unitarians, this little community, we can celebrate the eternal light of the world. We can recognize, we can encourage, and we can celebrate the shining light there within each of us. Amen. And that message, that message rings out in our closing hymn today, which is in our hymn books. And it's number 165, and it's called The Spirit Lives to Set Us Free, Walk in the Light of Love.
So time now for our announcements. Uh, thank you, Ramona, for tech hosting. Thank you, Janine, for welcoming everyone online. Thanks to our readers today, Juliet and Hannah. Uh, thanks to Brian and Abby for our music smashing. Thanks to coffee makers and greeters. Uh, if you're here in person, do stay for a couple and a chat after the service served in the hall next door. And if you're online, I know Janine is going to be sticking around and having a chat there. There are various small groups happening during the week. Heart and Soul, our online contemplative spiritual gathering that happens twice a week online. There's one tonight and there's one on Friday. And the theme is feasting. And I think that'll be a gorgeous theme for this time of year. So if you want to come to that tonight or Friday, can you email Jane? Uh, she'll be glad to hear from you. You can come dancing with Sonia almost every Friday lunchtime here, doing her Nia dance class, and it's fab. The community um, singing group will be back this coming Wednesday evening, 7 till 9 p.m. It's really good fun. Uh, no skills required, and uh, it's just for the joy of singing together. There's no concerts ahead of you. Um, and if you are in London on Wednesday and uh, would like to come to Carol Grace's memorial service, Carol, that's also on this Wednesday, 12.45 for a 1 p.m. start. Carol specified that there should be a champagne reception after that, and she asked for decent champagne, so I'm doing my best to source that at a reasonable price. Uh, so there'll be some food, and it'll be, it'll be lovely. She wanted it to be jolly, and it will be. And next Sunday, you've got your carol service. So I'm expecting everybody to be here and also to bring some food. So if you could let Patricia know who's just gone out to... No, she's over there. Uh, yeah, Patricia's making a list so we don't end up with 32 nut roasts. Um, and it'll be really good fun. The uh, quartet's going to be here. Uh, so yeah, come along to that. And don't forget, there's the traditional candle-lit uh, Christmas Eve service um on the 24th so there's not an 11 a.m service that day that's 5 p.m christmas eve and do make a note in your diaries of the winter solstice event it, it's going to be really special this year so on friday the 22nd we've got a, a lovely folk singer Mary lisa coming 6 p.m and then there's going to be festive treats and a small gathering to mark the solstice through readings and sharing. So let Jane know if you plan to come that because she needs to get the sense of the numbers. And there's also New Year's Eve, mini retreat coming up 30th in person, 31st if you uh, want to join online. Okay, all the activities are actually mentioned on the back of order of service sheet. And what was the other thing? You may know that Peter Crockford our uh, long-serving pianist is moving on to pastures new and we've got a big card for him so please sign it before you leave today because i really want to give him a nice big card and, and we're sending him a gift i think that's everything um let's have a little look yeah just a reminder that really communities like this I think are crucial for people as a way of just keeping our lights shining so there are all sorts of ways that people connect with one another so do what you can to nurture those supportive connections what was it Benjamin Zephaniah said people need people we do indeed so it's time now for our closing words and closing music Abby and Brian are going to be playing a very perky gavotte 
for us by WH Squires. And I think dancing would be allowed, wouldn't it, if, if the people have those skills. But first, our closing words, which are based on words from James Morrison. Share your glorious light with this world. Within each of our hearts, there is a most glorious light. Go forth and let its spark help you understand what troubles both you and others. Go forth and let its light of reason be a guide in your decisions. Go forth and bring its ray of hope to those in need, in both body and spirit, that they may find healing. Go forth and fan the flames of passion to help heal our world. Go forth and spread the warm glow of love, embracing the darkness of the world. Go forth and share your glorious light with our world. Amen. Go well and blessed be.